he has to go through that. That's what his daddy talked about all those years, hard times, hard times. And he's going through hard times. So the harder it is for him to win a match, now he's kind of uh, making his gimmick come alive right in front of you. So I think Cody over, but uh, a Brock, Brock dominates. SummerSlam, one of the biggest events, probably the number two, number three biggest event of the WWE calendar year coming up August 5th, Detroit, Michigan, and everybody is talking about the main event and how it is probably arguably one of the best builds to a SummerSlam main event as it's going to be Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship as well as his status as the Tribal Chief in Tribal Compact against his cousin Jay Uso. Their third one-on-one meeting in WWE but their first meeting in three years coming off the heels of Jay Uso being the first person in three and a half years to pin Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring back at Money in the Bank in the Bloodline Civil War. Now we have Tribal Combat who do you think walks out with the undisputed Universal Championship? And what do you think about what WWE has done to position Jay Uso as a top babyface? And is this a role that he can sustain after SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. Hey, they put three years into Roman Reigns. And I don't think the first chance they get, they're going to roll that belt off him. Roman Reigns is the type of heel that you can get a brand new baby face over right off the bat. And after they put so much time and so much effort into Roman, I don't see Jay walking out here with the title. Uh, Fans, I'm going to try to explain something to fans now. A hot heel can get a baby face over. A hot baby face cannot get a heel over. He might get some heat on him, but he won't get him over just by the nature of the game. So I think in this, this is a no DQ. I think we're going to see a a multi-layered finish, and we're going to see some participants in and out and back and forth. And and some of these people coming in will be, you know, will be sectioned off by their opponents later on. But I expect Roman Reigns 100% to come out with that belt. And if he does it, well, guess what? I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll just be wrong. I tell him it was all your idea, though. But I do expect Roman to to uh, retain on, on SummerSlam. But the reason I asked you about the Jay Uso part of this is because you've been in the creative room, you've been behind some big money matchup, whether it be, you know, territory days or working for the various promotions that you have worked at. And you've seen being in the position where Jay Uso is, where you're facing the champion, the, the, the main heel champion. How do you sustain, you know, the, the type of popularity that Jay Uso has right now and the type of momentum he has? Has right now following this big matchup with Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? I don't think it's it's a question of whether he retains credibility. 
I think if they do the wrong thing, it's not going to be Jay losing it. It's going to be the promotion losing it. I mean, they're the one telling him. Well, everybody knows that. I mean, no need to hide it. But, but I think Jay, this will lead into something. Uh, this will lead into a, a, maybe a tag match. But we still got another major angle in this before it's over with. And his brother may be even a part of that that angle either because here's his brother. Here's here's Jay. So are they together? Or are they not together? So. And if you run brother versus brother, if that did happen, what would that do? And I don't know if the people would actually want to go in and buy that, but it's according to how much Roman is involved in it. So we'll see. That's why people watch wrestling anyway, to see what the hell is going to go on. So a guy wrote me this morning on an email. At, if you want to write me, folks, a dirty Dutch man tell, with two L's, at gmail.com. And he wrote me back and he was talking about uh, years ago when kind of the kayfabe kind of got lifted and how how disappointed he was back then because he was much younger. But I think now, I mean, we will pass that time, but you have to be very, very creative. See, in creative in the past, you could just go for heat, straight up heat. But now, since they're in this multi-layered story, multi-year-long story, they have to be very careful how they handle the, the bloodline and with Roman and the Usos. Very careful. Because fans don't forget. They remember, whoa, wait a minute. that bullshit. And you've lost them. But if you can stay into that, it's a very thin line that you have to stay into. Or, or not, not go outside those lines too far. That they can kind of buy it. So, and I think they have done that for three years, and I think, hell, we may get another year or so out of it, or to, or to one of them gets hurt and they got to change up. And sometimes one of them get, getting hurt is bad for the individual, but actually good for the storyline, because now you got to change everything. So now you have to adapt or you're left behind. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Uh, but it yeah, does? it's going to be very. Huh? Oh, okay, good. I knew what I was talking about the whole time. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be very intriguing. Uh, who walks out with the championship? The main event of SummerSlam, uh, one of the other matches, which you know WWE will call a main event of SummerSlam, is going to see the third matchup, the rubber match in the series between Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes have been doing this program pretty much since the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, it's been going on for four months, and this is the final conclusion. Uh, we are recording this a couple of days before, before actually the Monday Night Raw ahead of SummerSlam, so we don't know if there's a stipulation on this match. If you were to add a stipulation to Cody versus Brock what would it be what do you think would be the most ideal stipulation for these two guys regardless of everything else and who do you think wins I don't know what stipulation I would put on it but I will say that Cody needs to if they're going to stay with this trajectory of Cody climbing that ladder and having troubled times and hard times he has to win this one. So let's look at it. Cody is new, and Brock's been around how long? Forever, kind of? 
So I think he debuted in 2002. He returned. He left in 2004 and came back to the company 2012. So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Well, he's been there a long time. So if if Brock loses with some fluke or something, I don't know. I don't know how he is about losing it, but he he knows enough to protect himself. But I think Cody and actually in the – in. Uh, Following this, his gimmick of hard times, he needs to get the dog shit beat out of him. He needs to buy, maybe be bleeding, but somehow get the win over Brock. Brock is still standing tall, and Cody barely gets out of the ring. But he got the win. That's all he went in there for. And he's beat up, but he said he's, he has to go through that. That's what his daddy talked about all those years. Hard times, hard times. And he's going through hard times. So the harder it is for him to win a match, now he's kind of uh, making his gimmick come alive right in front of you. So I think Cody over, but uh, a Brock, Brock dominates. So with that, all of that in mind, what type of stipulation would you put on that? Like a steel cage match? Brock being a cage fighter. There's the bull well, rope match because Dusty had that. That was Dusty's kind of signature matchup. There's the dog collar matchup because Cody has history with that in AEW. Last man standing. Brock had a classic with Roman Reigns last year in the stipulation. What stip- would you put on that with that outcome that you want in mind? I do like the last man standing. I like that. The dog collar match. Brother, I always hated those matches. I think you were limited in what you could do. And what was that other gimmick you come up with? Bull rope match? I think they, yeah, they need to do a taser match. And that, now, to me, I would actually buy a ticket to go see somebody get the shit tasered out of them. I'd like that. You, you never seen the classic taser matchup between, uh, you know, technical wizard Bill Goldberg and, uh, you know, five-star machine Scott Hall in 1998? No, I no, Did they do that? 1999, actually. 1999. They did do that? Yeah, it was a it was a ladder match with a taser, uh, a stun gun at the at the top. Well, it sounded like the creative team said, "Damn it, we need to come up with it." Let's do something with a taser. Okay, put it on a ladder. Okay, put it on a pole. See, that's how they used to come up with stuff. They they just run out of stuff and just throw a bunch of stuff together. What's the but best anyway, stipulation I- match you ever came up with for a few? Well, I didn't really. I, I tried to tell stories for the stipulation matches. You have to have the angle first, and then you got to take uh, whatever your angle is and try to put the gimmick on it that kind of fits it. So, but I wanted actually the matches that I booked. I wanted 
that's like a no DQ or false count anywhere or last man staying. That's about as far as I went with it. And I have went with the, the bull of the barbed wire match only because I was forced to when I was in Puerto Rico. I hated that crap too. I've been in a couple of them, but I'm thinking, what if I fall accidentally into this barbed wire and get that shit pierced out of me? Maybe I hit this right here. Maybe I could, yeah, you can die in some of these matches. So you got to be careful. Hey, a guy, Jerry Jarrett in Memphis, he was a promoter and the owner of Memphis. He's passed away now. Good guy. He put me on a scaffold match. That's bullshit. Oh, my God. I'm scared of the heights anyway. He, I was so high in the Memphis, Mid-South Coliseum, I could look over like this and see the top deck, so even with me. I said, oh, my God. So needless to say, I did most of that match on my hands and knees against Bill Dundee. And I didn't know that Bill Dundee had grown up in a circus. So he was used to all this crap. And he was dancing and ranting on over there, and I'm about ready to fall off. I said, but anyway, I didn't last too long there, and I fell down to the ring, and I was glad. I was glad to get off that thing because you can break your neck on that stuff. Hey, did you ever see a video of, what's this guy's name? The guy's name is Vic Grimes. Who threw him off that scalpel? What was his name? My Uncle Jerome a.k.a. Nick J- uh, uh, New Jack, excuse me, New Jack. Man, I saw that, and I went, bull crap. He almost missed his landing, and it would have killed him. That's what he was okay, landing on. Did you, see okay. the, did you see the spot before that where they faced before, and Vic Grimes landed on New Jack's head when they fell off like a scaffolding? Because that's the reason why New Jack did what he did with that with that spot. I don't know, but I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, what if Vic Grimes had a died? What's the legal repercussions of that? Because he threw him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think New Jack really cared. And if you saw the Dark Side no, of the Ring episode, the, the Dark Side of the Ring episode about New Jack told you he he explained he didn't care. He was getting revenge. But he didn't care. He didn't give it. I think that is enough for that detour for now. The third matchup that could be called the main event of SummerSlam will be for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be Seth Rollins defending against the Judgment Day's Finn Balor. Finn Balor says he has a seven-year itch that he's been trying to kind of satisfy and fulfill and relieve by defeating Seth Rollins for championship gold because it was there at SummerSlam in 2016. He beat Rollins to become the first ever universal champion, but in the process was injured by Rollins with a buckle bomb into the barricade that cost him the championship the following day where Seth Rollins laughed in his face and he's been trying to get revenge for that ever since. Will he get the revenge at SummerSlam and beat Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship Dutch? And how does Damian Priest factor into all of this as senior money in the bank? Interesting question. 
Well, Finn Balor beat uh, Seth Rollins. Let's ask the magical thumb. Nope. He doesn't beat him. So, but now you got the angle to follow this. So, Priest is waiting out there. And could he cash it in on his own friend? I mean, his own, uh, uh, could he cash it in there on Seth? See, I like matches like this. Now fans can sit back and say, hmm, if Finn wins, what a great opportunity for Damian Priest, which creates a an angle between them. I, already an angle between them anyway. They kind of went with it and got away from it, but they could easily slide back into it. This is what I think. Tell me if you're thinking... I'm, I'm wrong, like I am on everything else. But I think uh, Seth goes over. Damien teases going in, but doesn't. And I think this Seth and Cody may end up in an angle after this, because they're both looking for a they're both looking for a, an opponent, and I think that would blend right together. So I think. I, I just don't see Seth getting out of this program with the World Heavyweight Championship, but I think that this is the most unpredictable and most interesting outcome that I'm looking forward to the most at SummerSlam 2023 because there's so many different ways they can go about it. Like you said, you think yeah. Seth's going to win and then maybe Damian Priest cashes in. There's also the option of Damian Priest cashes in and Finn Balor causes him the cash in. There's also the option of Damian Priest cashes in and Finn Balor stops him from from uh, cashing in completely, and he still has the briefcase. There's the option Maybe. of Finn Balor winning and and Damian Priest uh, cashing in on him. There's so many different ways and outcomes yep. they can go about this with Damian Priest involved in this story, and I, I'm looking. That's why I'm looking forward to it the most. But I think. I think your outcome is the most likely of Seth beating beating Balor and then Priest cashing in. But I want the outcome of Priest acting like he's going to cash in to make it a triple threat and distracting Seth, which allows Balor to finally beat him and become the world heavyweight champion. So then you have well, the whole that story of, of that he's, got, he's got basically a loaded shotgun at his back because he's got the Mr. Money in the Bank riding right next to him. I'm glad. Well, I don't like to bring violence and mention guns or anything on this because, but I got, what if Damon goes to, Balor loses, he goes to cash in, and guess what? Balor brings that shotgun with him, and he shoots the foot of Damien Priest. That's a good angle. That's a good one. I was using it as a metaphor. It's never before done. It has not been announced yet for the show, 
but we may be seeing another Judgment Day member on the card officially, because we don't know if Damian Priest is going to cash in or not. But officially, we uh, it seems like they are building towards Rhea Ripley defending the WWE Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, she injured her, cost her the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships the following week, injured her tag team partner Liv Morgan, who has a serious legit injury to a separated shoulder to her opposite shoulder as she was just out with uh previously this summer but dutch who do you think wins how do you do you think that this program will continue in any way because they rhea ripley although you know we were both in agreement that she's probably been uh the woman's wrestler of the year for wwe so far in 2023 she has lacked feuds since winning the title at wrestlemania so you think when you have someone like raquel rodriguez that matches her in size and strength that's something that you want to drag out just a little bit right yeah i wouldn't drag that out too much because i think Rhea has places to go and she needs to get there fairly quick so i don't think this rodriguez girl and i like her i don't think she needs to stand in the way see Rhea Ripley is the modern-day China. That's what she is. I think we'll eventually see her wrestling a guy, and I think that will be that will be good. And I like uh, the Rodriguez girl. Rhea Ripley, uh, Rhea Ripley over by by pinfall with no shenanigans. Okay, seems legit. That's my also prediction. In- also in the women's division, it seems like the women's division is going to get a lot of representation on the card for SummerSlam 2023. You got the WWE Women's Championship already announced. It's a triple threat match. Asuka defending against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Two women she's defended the title against before, but both women have gotten involved in each other's matches does Asuka walk out with the gold or do you see a new champion and how does our miss money in the bank EO Sky factor into this matchup here that's a toss up I really don't have a strong feeling this way or that way I think we're going to leave it with uh, Bianca and Charlotte in a big tiff which might mean they keep the belt where it is and go from there and they work around that. So I think she retains, but I think you're going to have a big fight, a big disagreement between Charlotte and Bianca. I could see them continuing the the Charlotte and uh, Bianca program because it seems like one of them is going to be turning heel soon. Uh, I don't know which one, but I think we all know which one would be better in the run. Also in the uh, the women's division, you got Ronda Rousey. She's going to be going one-on-one against her former best friend, Shayna Baszler, the former WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They lost the titles at Money in the Bank after Shayna Baszler turned on her best friend after years of resentment, apparently, uh, for Ronda coming through the back door of WWE while Shayna had to pay her dues. 
I think it's pretty clear who's going to win this one, but how do you think this all transpire? And what do you think the overall feedback will be to the to this matchup? Because I think that's going to probably be the most interesting thing is how fans react to this. Are we going to get 2018 Ronda or more like 2022 Ronda? What do you think? I think they're going to have a banger. That's a new word now. They're going to have a banger because they both have something to prove. Now, this kind of <clears throat> kind of explains Rhonda being a little bit outspoken in the last month or so, talking about she didn't like this and she didn't like that. But I think uh, Baszler is going to take it, and I don't know how they're going to finish this up. But that's why we got creative. I mean, they spend all week thinking about this. I'm spending like 35 seconds on it. So it's up to them how they want to wrap it up. And they may even go out with an injury. And they, they may do that. Which really leaves Rhonda, she can come back. So it's, let's ask, let's ask the thumb again. Yeah, that was a magical thought. Yeah, seems in the middle. But oh, Baszler wins. Middle. Okay, uh, I, I think that you're right. I think that Shayna Baszler uh, wins this matchup. It's no secret. The reports of Ronda Rousey seems to be finishing up this run in WWE. My question to wrap up this matchup: Do you think this will be Ronda Rousey's last? WWE match. Do you think this is it for Ronda or does she come back? She'll come back. It's like she's addicted to it now. Big money. You know, I don't think she may go back to MMA one more match, maybe. I hope she doesn't it doesn't end up like the last two she had. But see, I'm not a big MMA fan, but her style was was predictable. Even I knew that. She'd take them down and stretch them, get sugar on them and stretch them. But that uh, I forgot the girl that punched her out. She had she hadn't. She's not a boxer. She's a wrestler on the mat. But boy, when that girl lit her up, boom, 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 and that that Nunes girl, oh, she she hit her. I counted sixteen times. Before Rhonda got off, well, she never got it off. She went down. She stayed down. I actually felt sorry for her, but they figured out her attack and and took it to her and won. But I think she she she'll come back. She'll be back in WWE. You think she will? Um, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I mean, honestly, she seems like the type of person that she can be like, I fulfilled everything I wanted to do. I won both the women's championships at the time that was available to me. I won tag team gold with my best friend. I main evented WrestleMania, made history in that. So she could say that she's done with that and she wants to just stay at home, do her Twitch, hang out with her kid, hang out with her husband and... She's she's done, made history in two different two different businesses at that point. Well, I agree. It is a toss up, but I think she'll come back in another year or two. She'll get itchy, and that'll be it. 
That's what I'm saying. And either one could be true. 